Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. How nice to have Susie P on stage tonight. Come on, that was awesome. Smashed it. That was awesome. I'll tell you, there's some very good speakers no one knows about because they're in Global Kids. So we've just got to figure out a way to get them all in here and bring in something that's awesome. Hey, um, I just realized before, this is like 22 years of Friday night church for me now, or however many it is. How old's the church? 21. How old's church? 21. 22 years of Friday. I was having it before we started it. Um, no, but I don't know if anyone can remember. There might be some people in the room. We used to do Friday night church at ECU. And we started in a lecture theater. And I remember going as a very young kid and I would trade Pokemon cards at the back and hang out and just receive from God and get a Charizard. You know, it was awesome. But you know what's not changed? You know, we've changed where we have church. We've changed, you know, you know, who's on worship at church and who's even on the stage and things like that. But what's not changed is every Friday night, people are responding to God. We're seeing people open up their life to God. We're seeing people come and get changed. We're seeing people that are broken and needing salvation and forgiveness come and find that in Jesus Christ every Friday night. The last three Friday nights have been off the chain. They've been awesome. I don't know if you've been here, but the last three Friday nights, we've had an altar that's been full of people, hungry for God, wanting to change. We've seen people from Shalom get saved, people bringing friends from school getting saved, people from uni getting saved. I want to encourage you, who's in your life that needs to be here to hear about Jesus and to receive that salvation? I don't want Friday nights to be something that Christians observe, but I want it to be something that we participate in, that we're owning it. We're saying, hey, I know there's people that need to hear about God and hear from God. I'm going to get them here. So I want to encourage everybody here, Friday nights are awesome. It's where we, someone's up here and they're preaching. Sunday's teaching, but Friday's preaching. Easy will get up here, no notes, and drop 40 mins. On Sunday, he's bringing three pages out to do announcements. But Friday is no notes heat. It's no notes heat. You might have been here last Friday, Pastor Eli had the lights off for half that big orange shoes. It was going off. And then tonight, I'm going to preach. Hopefully it's good. No, I'm kidding. It'll be good. But I really believe Friday nights are powerful. And I want you to think about who's in your life that needs to be here to come into a relationship with loving God. Come on. Well, hey, tonight I want to speak on choices. Come on, who loves making choices? Who doesn't? Who couldn't make the choice whether to put their hand up or not? Probably a few. Well, if you're anything like me, choices are a big part of your life. And making choices can be incredibly difficult. All you'd have to do is go out for a meal to realize this. You go to Whitford's and you go, what do you guys want to eat? And you spend 40 minutes on that little grass turf area deciding what you want to eat. Or anytime you've decided to go and watch something on Netflix, you've got an hour and a half to watch a movie, you, you get the first five minutes because you spend an hour and 20 just picking something. That happens to me all the time. I'm six trailers deep. I've read a couple of bios. And before you know it, I've got to go. Making choices can be incredibly difficult, especially if the choice is against the crowd. I don't know if you've ever been selecting a, a movie to watch with eight or nine people and you're the only one that wants to watch Narnia 2 and everyone else wants to watch something else. When your choice is contrary to the popular, sometimes that's hard to make as well. Uh, there's been restaurants recently I've gone into and walked out because the menu was too big. Making a choice was too hard. 
I went so it was an Asian restaurant. They had, you know, do you want number three or number 93? There were so many things on there. And making choices can be very difficult. But making choices are a very important part of our life, a very important part of our faith, a very important part of your connection to God. And I want to read a couple of verses to encourage us around choices tonight. And then I'd love to invite you tonight to perhaps for the first time make the most important choice you ever could. Or maybe to again make that choice for real and in your heart. So I'd love to do that at the end. But come with me to Joshua chapter 24. If you've got your Bible, verse 14, it's going to come up on the screen. I love this scripture. I reckon this could absolutely be in an epic movie, a gladiator type, delivered by Russell Crowe, and he gets the academy. So you might want to just envision that as I read this. This is Joshua. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. That's the music. Anyway, don't worry about it. Verse 15, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day. I don't know why I went Scottish, but choose for yourselves this day. I love this verse. Whom will you serve? Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I love that. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. I'd like to pose that question to you tonight. Whom will you choose? Choose who you will serve for the rest of your life. Deuteronomy 30 verse 11 is going to come up. Another great passage says this. This is Moses. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Verse 13, nor is it beyond the sea so that you, you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. I love this. It is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. Verse 15, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Verse 17, but if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give you to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Powerful verse, full on verse. There was probably a couple of moments where we went, I certainly did that when I read it. But verse 19, we have here Moses presenting to the Israelites two options. And he tells them which one to take. He says, I set before you life and death. Choose life. Why did he have to say that? I set before you life and death. And in case you were wondering, choose life. I set before you this day, life and death. It says destruction and prosperity. And by the way, in case you were wondering, make sure you pick prosperity because destruction's not great. 
Why did he have to say that? It's almost the equivalent of saying Pepsi or Coke. By the way, pick Pepsi. It's just so easy. It's almost like saying, choose this day, Eagles or Dockers. By the way, pick the Eagles. Anyone? Come on. Powerful. It's almost like saying, I set before you, Apple and Samsung. By the way, choose Apple. (laughs) Anyway, bring it back, bring it back. I love this. He has to clarify. I set before you these options, life and death choose life. Why does he have to say that? It's because you know, and I know, and he knew, people don't always make the best choices. We don't always make the best choices, especially during challenging circumstances. What's important to consider is that in life, we actually need to make choices, and we can make choices. We have free will, and we exercise that free will for decisions both big and small. One of the great gifts that God has given you is actually your ability to make choices. It's a gift from God. Much like the Israelites were given a choice by Moses, we're given one by God today as well. Good or bad, God has allowed us to make choices. It is a great gift. Um, Right in the beginning of the Bible, we've got Adam and Eve. Right in the beginning, Genesis, we've got Adam and Eve. And here's the thing, they could make choices. God entrusted Adam to name the animals. He made some pretty good choices. I think rhinoceros is a great name. They are also given the choice to obey God or not. God places within the garden, in his sovereignty, in his wisdom, another option. An option which is against what he has asked them to do. And I've often wondered, and a lot of eight-year-olds that talk to me have often wondered, why did God do that? Why was there another option? Why did God give them the choice? God giving us free will actually reflects his heart and nature and his intention for our relationship with him. It's not a relationship of you have to. It's a relationship of I choose to. I don't have to be in a relationship with God. I choose to. I get to. He's given me the choice and I've exercised my will in responding to God. That can't happen unless there's an ability to refuse unless there's another option. When someone says to God, I love you, he wants them to mean it, and he wants it to come from a place of wanting to, not having to. Otherwise, that's not love, that's control. We don't serve a controlling God, we serve a loving God. It's like a kid when they have to apologize. I've had that experience at school where the teacher says, you have to apologize. It's like, but I don't regret it. It was was hilarious. And they say, you don't have an option. You've got to apologize. You're like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that at all. The fact that you don't have an option not to apologize means that when I do apologize, it means absolutely nothing. So the fact we have another option means that when we do love God, it means a whole lot. Come on. And here's the thing. God God will not touch our free will because it would corrupt the nature of our relationship with him where we choose God out of love and reverence and thankfulness for who he is and what he's done. I think we're all pretty pumped about the idea that God doesn't touch our free will. However, we complain about it all the time because we get to make our own choices and then when we eat the fruit of the choices we make, we make it God's fault. 
If I don't steward my relationships very well and I'm just doing crazy stuff with people and then I'm not stewarding my finances very well, I'm splashing cash here, there and everywhere. I'm using afterpay to get a coffee at 7-Eleven. When I've got no money, when I've got no money, all of a sudden it becomes God's fault. God, where have you been? You've neglected me. How could God be real when I'm this much in debt and I can't get a flat white? It's like, mate... One minute we're excited that God's not messing with our free will, and then when our free will results in pain and brokenness, it's now God's fault. We can't have both free will and a perfect world. We cannot have both free will and a perfect world. And what you've got to realize is you're not the only one that has free will. Most of the bad things that happen on the planet are just people's free will in action. And here's why that's important. It's the free will of people who all have a broken condition. It's not the free will of people that have the best interests of everybody on the planet. The reality is your condition on the inside and mine is broken. It's not correct. I'm selfish. I do things to hurt other people. I'm, I'm, I'm uncompassionate, unforgiving, lazy, impatient. Jeepers. Here's the thing, though. It's the free will exercised of broken people. But the thing we've got to remember is that we have that free will. Um, I've got an interesting point. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down, or you might, it might not make sense. But just this. Dentists don't condemn you to a life of bad teeth. Amen. No, it'll make sense. It'll make sense. The dentist is there to help and fix. And the dentist sends reminders. But we have to say yes or we initiate an appointment of our own free will. God doesn't condemn us to a life of bad things, but we can by our own choices. God is there to help. He's the answer and the solution. He'll send reminders, but it's up to us to engage with the Lord. I don't hear, I don't hear many people say, my teeth are so bad, my dentist, honestly. Or you don't see someone else's teeth and go, gee, that guy's dentist has a lot to answer for. <laughs> but usually, we usually say when bad things happen to us, God, what are you doing? When it's like blaming a dentist for your bad teeth. It breaks his heart when we go through bad things, but he's given us free will. He's not a controller. It's up to us to make choices. What choices will you make? What choices are you exercising with your free will? Our choices matter. Our choices take us in a direction and our choices influence who we are and who we're becoming. But I want to encourage you tonight, young, old, right to left, you're only one choice away from making things right with God. You're only one choice away from forgiveness. You're only one choice away from right standing with God. I just want to share... I just want to share three quick points, and then I'd love to pray for some people. But point number one is this, on choices. We have to make a choice to make choices at all. (laughs) Picking a Netflix show, having the inability to choose something, starts off funny, but it can actually be an unhealthy fear that encroaches on other areas of your life. It can be as a result of previous bad choices or fear of what people think. Uh, But we need to understand that our choices take us somewhere. Likewise, so does our lack of choices. And usually nowhere good. God's plan is that our lives would flourish and produce and be healthy 
based on choices rooted in God's word. Rooted in God's word. Um, A lot of people in this generation, I believe, have a fear of making the wrong choices. Um, A lot of people, young adult age, have a fear of making choices at all. Um, Even believers. But here's the thing, I would be too if my choices weren't anchored in anything. We don't have to be fearful of making choices if they are informed by the Word of God. The timeless, matchless, holy Word of God. If our choices are God-informed, Word-applied, counsel-sought, the best choice we could make with the information we had at the time, you can make choices fear-free. But if we're making choices not anchored in anything... I'd be fearful too. But that's where we've got to make a decision, whether we're Christian or not. I want to make choices anchored in a belief system, anchored in, in a person, <laughs> anchored in Jesus Christ. We've got to make sure the decisions that we make aren't just based on how we feel, what we think, what old mate on Facebook said, but we make choices based on what the Word of God says. I think fear of choices makes sense if you're just doing it out of nothing. But if you're living a life... After the Word of God, you're running your choices through the filter of the Word. I want to encourage you, you can rest easy knowing that you're going to make some good godly choices. But it's important that we make great choices. We've got to make a choice to make choices at all. If you have a choiceless life where you don't make any decisions very quickly, someone will make the decisions for you and you'll end up in a place that is not great. So I want to encourage everybody, make a choice to make choices. Point number two, you've got to make a choice to love people or not. You've got to make a choice to love people or not. Not living selfishly, living with a purpose to help and serve others. Galatians 5.13, it's going to come up, says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Come on, we are free to serve one another humbly in love. A choice we should all make is the choice to live to serve others, to be focused beyond just our own wants and needs. What happens when you're others-focused? I've got a couple of thoughts. When you make the choice to love others and you wake up every day with the intent and the purpose and the heart behind the day to live to serve others, here's what will happen. You will regain healthy perspective, healthy perspective of you, of your surroundings, of your situation. When you live to serve others, you will become more thankful. You'll become very thankful for what you have. Your purpose will be bigger than yourself. Man, people are chasing purpose, but until you detach it from you, it will never be big enough. You'll never feel fulfilled. When you're serving others, you're too busy for addictions. You don't even have the time to get addicted to something. I believe in that wholeheartedly. You think long-term. You have a lasting impact. It motivates you to greater health in your life. It pushes you toward God. It stretches your capacity. It shrinks your pride, and it helps you be more Christ-like. We've got to make a choice to love people. Here's the tough part, not just when it's easy. We've got to love people that hurt us. We've got to love people that can do nothing for us. And we've got to love people that the world might say are unlovable. But if you do that, your life will grow in an amazing, godly way. Come on. I just invite the band to come up and join me. My last point is this. It's the most important choice you can make. And it's the choice of, are you going to choose God 
or not. God giving us this option says so much about Him. Despite God forming us, creating us, placing the stars in the heavens, He lets us choose whether we're going to be in a relationship with Him. Why does He do that? He does that because the relationship He wants to be with you in is one of love. It is one of choice. It is one of thankfulness and gratefulness. It's not one of control where you're a robot and you can't not choose God. The beauty of you having the choice is that it shows that God is a loving Father that doesn't want to make you do that. He wants you to choose to do that. And He wants to walk with you in love. Um, For those of you that don't know me, my parents are the pastors of this church. And as I said before, I've been doing Friday nights for 22 years, even though the church is only 21. I don't know how that works. But I was born in England when my parents were planting a church there. And so I was actually delivered in the nine o'clock service. I was popped in a bucket and taken to the back for counting. They put an ushering shirt on me and the rest is history. Um, But why I mention that is this, is that I've grown up in church and the reality is for many years, coming to church was not my choice. And uh, believing in God was not necessarily my choice. It was just what we did. You, you might even say it was part of my identity or how I was raised. And if someone had said, you just believe in God because your parents do, I probably would have said, yeah, in a, in a 14-year-old's voice. But um, something powerful happened one day where I realized that despite being raised in church, despite knowing the stories of the Bible, despite going to an Anglican school, I had to make a personal choice. My parents can't make the choice for me. Your wife can't make the choice for you. It doesn't matter if you went to a Baptist school or not. Have you chosen as an act of your will to invite Jesus Christ into your life? I tell you, I went on a journey of making the decision myself. It wasn't because I was on the creche roster and handed out the crayons that I was a Christian. I became a Christian because I put my, my faith, my hope, and my trust in Jesus Christ. I believed that His sacrifice was enough for me to come into a relationship with God. Despite my brokenness, despite my sin, I had the choice and I made the choice in humility to come into a relationship with God. And I want to tell you, it's not just about your faith improving your life. It's about what it does on the inside. It's God coming and restoring your soul. It's coming and making you righteous by the grace of Jesus Christ. I can't be perfect. I've already made that abundantly clear with those nine things I said about myself, which I mildly regret now. Um, I've made it abundantly clear I'm not a perfect person. But here's the amazing thing. I don't have to be. Jesus Christ was perfect for me and He's died in my place. I've just got to, as an act of my will, make the choice that Jesus, you've set before me life and death. I'm choosing life. I'm choosing life. Come on. Have you made that decision? Come on. I want to encourage you. Like that verse I started with. It seems easy. It says... I've set before you life and death, distraction or prosperity. Hey, choose life. I know it sounds ridiculous, but before you right now is a choice. You have set before you Jesus. You have set before you the Son of God, God in a bod, someone who wants to walk in a relationship with you, a relationship of love, not of control. You have life before you.
Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.